We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ready? Down! Put, 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 put! This is the Bear Report Podcast. With Zach Pearson, Zach Pearson, and Aaron Lemming, Aaron Lemming, providing extensive coverage of the Chicago Bears. Go Bears! Presented by Blue Wire Pods. And now, here are your hosts, Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming. Welcome in, Bears fans, to another edition of the Bear Report podcast. The NFL world is in Indianapolis for the NFL Scouting Combine, and soon enough, we'll have some free agency news. And things will start to pick up here. I'm one of your hosts here on the Bear Report Podcast, Zach Pearson. And I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Aaron Lemming. And Aaron, as I said, man, things are going to start picking up here. And we're going to have a lot of stuff to talk about uh, in the coming weeks, especially with a new regime here in Chicago with the Bears. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, we we heard from Ryan Poles and, and Matt Eberflus this week. And, you know, it, there was not a ton of insight. But, I mean, that's kind of expected for, you know, kind of what this is. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of like we talked about when these hires happened and, you know, it's 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 learning new trends, right? I mean, obviously, we kind of knew what Ryan Pace was going to do, not obviously, you know, signing players and so on and so forth, but we had a pretty good idea of Ryan Pace's uh, tendencies and, you know, and in, in what he liked to do each offseason, you know, especially when it came towards the draft and the fact that you could almost, you know, bet on the fact that he was going to trade at least once or twice within the draft. I mean, it just seemed like, and it was almost always, there was almost always going to be at least one trade up. And then you kind of, you know, tossed a coin, whether the next one was going to be a trade up or whether it was going to be a trade back. And obviously now we kind of have to see what Ryan Pace is, Ryan Poles is going to do in terms of, you know, he doesn't have a lot of draft capital. I mean, he's got a second round pick. He's got a third round pick. He's got two fives and a six. So, you know, they're a little bit light there. Uh, I know a lot of people continue to say, you know, the Bears have $27 million in cap space. They've got plenty of money to do whatever. In reality, that's not really the case because, you know, you could backload a ton of deals. And I think to a certain extent, the Bears will do that. But I don't think it's going to be one of those off seasons where they can just sign whoever they want at whatever price and call it a day. I think it's there's going to be a metered approach. And I know, you know, I'm sure we'll kind of get into this, but with free agency, I, you know, I know a lot of the narrative right now is how much Ryan Poles is planning on leaning on the, you know, the second and third waves of free agency, but he's never really been directly asked about the first wave and really more than anything. I mean, he, at least to me, and I'm kind of curious to get your thoughts on this. He, he made it pretty clear in my opinion that, 
receiver and offensive line are going to be two of the the big and you know i mean all you could do is look at the roster and you know uh that those are going to be two of the big focal points over these next few months in terms of adding talent and you know they're if they want to add you know real talent there at those positions they're going to have to be aggressive early now i'm not saying they're going to go out and sign four or five guys on day one but what i am saying is I do think that they're going to be a little bit more aggressive at the top end of the market for their targets at receiver and whether that's tackle, whether that's guard center, whatever it is, I expect personally, and you know, we'll have to see what happens. I expect one pretty high dollar free, uh, receiver signing. And then I also expect one decently high dollar and we're not talking, you know, 20 or $25 million a year, but I just mean like, bidding at the top of the market for what there is uh, you know, and whether that's offensive tackle or center or guard or whatever, I expect two decently big moves at both receiver and uh, that and offensive line. I almost kind of think they have to. And so I guess we'll see. It's going to be very interesting. Cause like I said, we don't really know Ryan pace or Ryan Pohl's trends. And I know, you know, his words can only say so much and they can only hold so much value without seeing what he does uh, you know, in, in contrast to that. Yeah, and for me, you know, him and Matt Eberfuss pretty much came out and said that they can't say certain things because, you know, free agency hasn't started yet and it'd essentially be tampering um, and they can't really give us any solid answers on anything. But in my eyes, the single most important thing that they said from the entire weekend, both of them, was that there are they hinted and pretty much flat out said that they're going to change their offensive line and they're looking for lighter players, they're looking for faster players. And that tells me they're probably going to look at, you know, maybe an outside zone run blocking scheme. And, you know, that could mean the end of some players on the offensive line. You look, you know, you you could move on Cody Whitehead to kind of save some cap space. Uh, James Daniels is a free agent. It doesn't look like he's probably not going to return. They might, you know, move or test out Tevin Jenkins at guard, uh, try to find where Larry Borum's spot is. And I'd be shocked if, you know, someone like Sam Mustafer returned after the, the poor year he had at center. So I thought that was pretty much the big thing was they want to completely overhaul their offensive line. And then I agree. I, I think, you know, you look at the, the points of weakness on this roster, offensive line, wide receiver, I'd even say some defensive back as well. And to me, it feels like that's the areas they are going to attack through the draft and through free agency. And, you know, whether it is, like you were saying, your method of, of making a big splash at wide receiver and offensive line or using number 39 and then your third round pick on something like that, we'll have to see. But I, I expect them to really address that. And, you know, you look at wide receiver right now in free agency and Chris Godwin's probably going to go back to Tampa Bay. Uh, Devontae Adams looks like he's going back to Green Bay. I'd be shocked if the Chargers didn't bring back Mike Williams you know, that leaves Allen Robinson pretty much at the top of the list. And I don't think he's coming back from, you know, everything that's out there now, but there are a bunch of guys that are almost, you know, would be bargain bin type um, pickups. If these other guys weren't returning because these guys you're returning now, push these other ones up. So they could find some value there. And then also, you know, in the draft, whether it's the offensive line or wide receiver, but I agree. I think, you know, Ryan Pace, or I'm sorry, Ryan Poles, God, Ryan Poles, sounded confident. He sounded pretty excited with, with how far they've come in terms of their roster evaluation and filling out their staff and, and getting this thing, you know, full speed ahead here as the combine continues on. 
Yeah. And it's, you know, it, it'll be interesting because, you know, free agency, the thing with free agency is it's almost always an overpay, right? I mean, you, you very rarely get the value that you put and in. And he said that too. He said that in, in the presser, you're going to yeah, overpay it, for guys. Exactly. And that's, but it's kind of a known risk going in and that's so, and that's kind of where, where I look at it and, you know, you just look at the roster right now. I mean, they basically, they have two, you know, well, really one noteworthy receiver, uh, two if you count Daz Newsom, who could, you know, make the, the roster this next year as like a back end receiver. And then you look at the offensive line, like you pointed out, I mean, him talking about being, you know, slimmer and more athletic and all this stuff. It's like, okay, well, I mean, who really fits that bill? Cody Whitehair was terrible last year. I mean, there's just no way around it. Sam Mustafer, terrible. Um, you know, and then you look at basically the only real blocks you have, building blocks is Tevin Jenkins and Larry Borum. And while I would like to see Larry Borum get a chance to start at the same time, I mean, if you can find a way to upgrade three spots on the offensive line, one of those being tackle and then two of those being on the interior and have Larry Borum as your, you know, your swing uh, offensive lineman, I don't think that's the worst thing in the world. I just, I don't know, man, like listening to them talk, um, especially Ryan Poles, it, it seems like the focus is going to be offensive. Now that doesn't mean that they're not going to make any moves defensively, but you know, really what this comes down to is, yeah, the bears are going to have to be active in the second and third ways of free agency, regardless, because the bears have, when it comes down to it with restricted free agents, they have 32 free agents, right? So, I mean, there's a lot of room to fill. They don't have a ton of draft picks. Even if they, you know, they trade back, you're not talking about a ton of impact players because you don't have a first round pick and you don't have a fourth round pick. So, the reality of it is, is you're only going to get so many swings and impact players. And now I do agree that, you know, I mean, go back and look at a guy like Akeem Hicks. He signed a two-year $10 million deal that ended up being a huge steal for the Bears. I mean, if you go back and you look at some of these moves that the Bears have made, some of the smaller moves, those are the kind of guys that have really worked out. Look at the Packers last year, Devondre Campbell. He, he signed like a one-year $4 million deal, and he was an all-pro at linebacker. He so, signed like really late too. Exactly. It was, I think it was June or July. So yeah. While I understand that, and those are the kind of guys that you really want, it's also the reality comes down to the fact that there are plenty of teams that have plenty of money to spend, and free agency is going to be much more active this year than it was last year because obviously the cap went up, revenue was you know not the way it was the year before because it was full attendance, all that. So the Bears can't really, at least in my opinion, they can't really afford to sit there and say, okay, we're going to let all these top end free agents, you know, go ahead and sign elsewhere. And then we're going to dabble in the second and the third waves because the reality of it is, man, the first wave of free agency starts before free agency or before the new league year starts. I mean, as soon as that legal negotiation period opens up, uh, not this next Monday, but the Monday after, that's when free agency starts because that's when you see all the big deals. By the time the new league year actually opens, it's already in the second wave of free agency. But the problem is, is you get all the big money flying off the board. There's going to be a lot more teams with money to spend, which means that that second wave isn't going to be as cheap and as, you know, value packed as what everybody's making it out to be. So again, the bears have to make moves in free agency because they have a roster to fill out. Um, but I also think to a certain extent, I think you're, you have to go into this off season looking to get impact players. And that doesn't mean you want to go out and spend, you know, 20, $25 million on an offensive tackle or receiver or whatever it may be. And I don't really think anybody fits that bill, 
But let's just say a guy like Mike Williams breaks free or DJ Chark or, um, you know, Michael Gallup. I know that, you know, everybody's a little tentative on that with, you know, the torn ACL. But there's a there's a lot of different receivers that could fit the bill for the Bears where they don't particularly have to break the bank per se, because I think Mike Williams would come in at, you know, 15, 16 million, maybe 17. But I mean, the reality of it is, is he hasn't put up a crazy amount of production. Now, obviously, you're betting on upside there. But I guess the point is, is you don't need to go out and sign the top of the line guy or the top of the market guy, but you do need to be in that bidding, at least for a few of those guys, you know, even a guy like Ryan Jensen, uh, Brian Allen. I mean, there's, there's a, there's a ton of names out there. Trent Brown, uh, you know, you can just kind of go through the list of free agents and obviously we'll have to see what happens, but I I think it's going to have to be a metered approach with, with a thought saying, okay, Going into 2022, they're probably not going to compete for a playoff spot, and they're sure as hell not competing for a Super Bowl, and that's fine. But at the same time, you know, 2023 kind of needs to be that year where you kind of get things situated and you are a playoff contender because, you know, that'll be year three of Justin Fields' rookie deal, right? And kind of going back to the offense, this is a huge year in the development of a quarterback. Year number two is vastly, vastly important. If a quarterback's going to make that jump, it's usually in year two. And that's that's kind of the thing. You can't expect to throw a bunch of bargain bin receivers and barely do any, you know, do anything in the offensive line and expect things to get better. Like, okay, cool. You have a new offensive scheme, but your offense is only going to go as far as your talent, especially when you have such a young quarterback. Then again, you have to look at the defense side of the ball. I don't know that they're going to spend big money anywhere defensively or put any big investments defensively but I do think you're going to see a lot of piecemealing defensively because obviously linebackers a big one I think really pass rushers the only thing that they have kind of figured out right now I mean even the interior line they need to get figured out a little bit uh you know corner as well and and safety but I think that's where you're going to see more of those value signings or maybe you sign a guy at 26 27 28 years old on a one-year deal and hope that, you know, he turns into a long-term piece for you. And you kind of hope that maybe, you know, at linebacker, you can get a guy like Anthony Walker Jr. who can be there for three or four years and be a quality middle linebacker for you. Like those are the kind of moves that I would expect defensively. And then obviously on the defensive front, they're going to kind of have to figure things out. But I mean, I think just kind of going into this thing, right? Like you just kind of have to going into the off season. I think a lot of fans just kind of have to keep in mind, this isn't going to get fixed in one off season. This isn't not, this isn't going to be a team that's just magically challenging for the Super Bowl Like the Bengals did, it's going to take some time. And I think taking a metered, but smart approach to not just add better players to the roster, but to add, you know, that talk about these blue chip talent, you know, the blue chip talent, the, the Bears need more blue chip talent. They don't just need above average players to, you know, fill in for the, you know, the poor play that they had. Obviously, that's part of the equation, but you want to get more blue chip players. And obviously, it's it's harder to find that during free agency, but it's also harder to find that in the draft when you're selecting in the second and the third round. So, Ryan, Ryan Poles has a very challenging offseason ahead, but the good news is for him is it's not going to take a whole lot to make this roster better. Um, and they are going to have some resources, a lot more resources than last year to be able to make that happen. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I have a feeling this is not going to be the, the only time you and I both say uh, Ryan Pace on this podcast instead of Ryan Poles. The Bears just had to go from Ryan to Ryan in a very similar last name, but you know, something that you did talk about there was mentioned by polls. And he said they went in, they looked historically at second year quarterback evaluations and, you know, the, the, the trend in their findings um, was kind of interesting. He said it was, it was more about the dependability um, and getting to know receivers and having, um, you know, maybe a slot receiver, maybe, you know, a tight end that can come in, um, you know, something that can be big on the outside and kind of having that relationship and building those, those relationships with the players is kind of a safety blanket. Um, and I thought that was kind of interesting. Now they didn't really give any specific examples of, you know, their findings in terms of player names, but it, it, for me, the evaluation part is, is critical because we're going to know everything we need to know early on about this regime with the decisions they make in free agency. And then the decisions they make in the draft, they've kind of hinted and told us, you know, some things of, you know, what they're kind of looking for. Um, I thought the quote of um, Paul saying that he wants to talk football. How much does a guy love football when he's interviewing draft prospects? I thought that was very interesting. So it's not always about the skill. They're, they're also looking for high character type players. But, uh, you know, we're going to find out exactly kind of the blueprint that they're going to have, not only this year, but moving forward and exactly how they built that roster. And you look at the offensive line, there's, it sounds like there's going to be changes. They, they want to get faster as an offense. And Iberflus even said that they got to get the ball out quicker. They got to make the right reads. You know, all the checks won't just be there and protections won't just be there for fields. Um, in terms of the game plan. And then you flip over to the defensive side of the ball and, and polls is talking about, we want ball hawking defensive backs, um, guys who are fast guys who can make plays on the ball. And it kind of got me excited. I, I feel like, you know, the regime, it's still too early to say, obviously, because we have to see them on the field, but I feel like there's a certain level of excitement. And um, I mean, I tweeted out, I was talking to some guys on there, the combine from different teams, you know, um, different organizations and there is a buzz. Like it feels like the bears may have got this right. And, you know, whether it is polls is two press conferences right now with the bears media or the, the media rounds he's made so far with everyone else in the national media, um, you know, e even things that, excuse me, you know, like building up the analytics department, stuff like that. feels like the bears are just starting to get things right now. You know, we have a long way to go to September to see how this translates on the field. But I think my biggest takeaway coming away from this combine is it just feels like there is a good buzz surrounding this team. And that's kind of what this fan base and this organization is needed because it's been a negative buzz for the past two to three years. And now they have this positive buzz. It, it's, it just it's more 
comforting in a way. Well, it's interesting that, you know, you know, the different feeling and there's a different vibe for sure. And again, you know, different isn't always good. Different doesn't always translate to better results. But what I found interesting, um, and this is kind of something that we, you know, we kind of like all, you know, kind of shook our head and not really shook our heads, but shrugged our shoulders. Like what the heck's going on is what was that like a week or two ago? Remember when they, when they announced that their staff was final and that they got everything situated and you're like, okay, so Jason Lascalzo and his entire, you know, strength and conditioning staff is staying. And then all of a sudden he was gone off the website. And then the next thing you know, all of a sudden they're, you know, they, they make that, they make that move. And again, I'm terrible with some of these names when you start getting deeper into the organization, but they start making moves and creating new positions and then they bring in, you know, a new strength and conditioning guy that kind of went back to, uh, you know, the Bears roots back under Lovey Smith, right? And you start looking, you're like, okay, you know, and then all of a sudden, you know, Ryan Pohl starts talking about what they're looking for. And it's very clear that they, they want to be a high effort team, right? And that's kind of the thing, like, you don't have to have, and that's kind of like, when you talk about that kind of mentality, you don't always have to have the best talent to put out a good product, right? And I mean, dude, just look at, I mean, honestly, look at the Indianapolis Colts defense uh, over the last few years with Matt Eberflus and what he was able to do with really a lack of talent or a lack of established names for the most part. I mean, look at his pass rushers outside of DeForest Buckner on the inside, okay? Then you start looking at some of the guys in, in the, you know, in the secondary. It's like, you know, everybody knows who Kenny Moore is now. Kenny Moore was not very well known up until a few years ago. You know, this is a guy that developed, that developed under the staff. Like there wasn't a ton of big name guys, especially defensively under Matt Eberflus. And then you start looking, you know, offensively and you start looking at what they're doing. Right. And the other thing that I thought was kind of interesting was that, you know, he, he talked about Ian Cunningham, right. And we kind of made a big deal about this. And I think it's worth making a big deal about the fact that the bears added an assistant GM and, you know, you kind of wonder, you know, especially from a front office perspective, from, you know, from a fan or meter perspective of like, well, you know, we don't really know what these guys do, obviously, you know, but he kind of went into that a little bit. And I thought it was kind of interesting because he talked about how they came in behind the curve. Every single new regime comes in behind the curve because not only do you have to evaluate your own roster, a roster that you're just taking over and you've got to make these split decisions, especially for a team like the Bears who have 32 free agents total. And then you got to turn around, you got to say, okay, now we have to dive into free agency because free agency is all of a sudden a month away at this point. And then we got to dive into the draft and we have to rely on a, a scouting team for the most part that we don't really have a relationship with and that we're relying on from the old regime until after the draft and they can make some changes. And I thought it was interesting that he talked about how Ian Cunningham has kind of been that guy for him. It, one, I don't know if anybody else has noticed, but Anytime that Ryan Poles has been at an event, whether that's a Bulls game, whether that's a Blackhawks game, whatever it may be, Ian Cunningham is right next to him. So I think that's one worth noting because obviously, you know, Poles went out and poached him from the Eagles. But I think it's also interesting because he talked about how when he gets pulled away doing other things, when they're in the midst of this evaluation process of their own roster and free agency and starting the draft stuff, that he would step out and Ian Cunningham was his guy that kept things going. So they weren't missing a beat. Ryan Poles would step back in, Ian Cunningham would fill him in. They seem to be lockstep, um, but they also have their different evaluation you know, opinions and stuff like that. So I think that the, the, the overall change, and again, that doesn't mean it's going to work, but I think that the overall change that a lot of us were hoping for, especially when you're talking about the top down, from the top 
from the GM to how things are run to the analytics uh, department to the strength and conditioning staff. And that's, I think that's another thing because I had somebody, you know, that uh, on Twitter the other day that I, I made mention basically that Ryan Poles was the one who came in and said, we want a new strength and conditioning staff. And I had somebody who was like, well, isn't the GM always the one that makes a decision? I said, no, it's not because I don't know if you remember or not, but Jason Lascalzo and his team, including Andre Tucker, were actually brought in by Matt Nagy. Ryan, Ryan Pace had already been there for three years. So it's not usually the GM's call to come in and make something like that happen. What that tells me is that Poles has a certain vision in mind that he wants for his team. Whether that works out, we don't know. But I think what we're seeing is we're seeing this new, you know, the new assistant GM. We're going to see more front office moves, especially in the scouting department after the draft. I mean, that's just normal. You usually use the staff that you have that you come in that you inherit for at least the year. And then you kind of pick through who you want to keep and so on and so forth. So we're going to see changes. We already have seen changes. We've seen a new assistant GM. We've seen basically a whole new approach to the analytics department. Um, I think that that is what should excite bears fans, because again, we can talk all day long about, you know, the, the coaching staff and the players and everything else. But if you don't have the right decision maker at the top, like we've seen for God knows how long now, there's going to be issues. Yeah. And to kind of go with that, you know, I, I was talking to someone about the analytics department and the bears went from pretty much one of the plainest analytics department, which had, uh, I believe it was just one guy in there to now. Um, I don't want to say the best because we haven't seen the results in the field or anything like that but to now a more advanced analytics department with multiple people in there. And Ryan Pace, when he made those changes to Hallis Hall, they included analytics and they built and built things and had things in there in place for analytics. He just rarely used them as much as he should have. So it's kind of like Ryan Pace actually did the right thing by putting all that stuff in and, and um, having it set. He just didn't utilize that to his, um, you know, advantage. And now Ryan Poles comes here and he's pretty much filling out the analytics department. They're going to look at that and, you know, be more analytics based as, as time goes on, which I think is very exciting as well. And, you know, your point about Cunningham, I, I agree. It's crazy. Like, like you pointed out, every time you see Ryan Poles, he's with Cunningham. It's like, he's his right-hand man, the two think alike, and you have to really be on the same page um, with your right-hand man, if this thing's going to work. And like I, like I keep mentioning, we, we haven't seen it on the field yet, but it just feels like it's different. And it feels like, you know, Ryan Poles is, is a more confident guy. He sounds really smart when he's talking. He's, you know, he's not trying to dodge and duck questions and, and stuff like that. Well, at least the ones he can answer. I mean, there's, there are some he legit cannot answer, but it's just, it's the breath of fresh air. And, you know, I'm excited to see kind of how this all plays out moving forward, you know, and especially as the combine goes on, which um, as we're recording this, the drills have already begun. But yeah, that was pretty much my biggest takeaway from from being there was it just it's a, it's a different buzz. It's a different vibe around the Bears. And now I'm curious to see, you know, which way they go in the draft, because, you know, they have met with some prospects. Um, they're probably going to meet with a lot of the prospects at, at the combine. And, you know, there's going to have some options at number 39 overall. And I think. You know, right now, if you'd ask me, I think it's 50-50 if they trade up or if they trade back, I'm sorry, and, and and stick there and take a player. 
and I could just see them. They could go offensive line. It's a strong offensive line class. Someone's probably going to fall to the second round. Um, it's a strong wide receiver class. Someone's probably going to fall to the second round, number 20 or number 39 overall. And there's also some DBs that could fall, but that also could work in the Bears' favor as well. If they could move back and recoup some picks, there could be a guy there in the second round late, um, depending how far back they go. So we'll just have to kind of keep an eye on that. And, um, Kind of, kind of just uh, see how they're going to build this roster and what they're going to you know, do moving forward. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, well, and it's going to be interesting because, I mean, you talk about the draft and it, it, it seems like the overall thought process, and I haven't dove too deep, so I'm not going to sit here and, you know, dissect every single prospect or whatever. But what I will say is this, I, I think everybody's noticing that there's a lack of top tier talent at the top of this draft class. I think that from really about pick, I'd say five or six on to about the end of the first round there's an argument to be made about a lot of these guys. And really you can kind of say the same thing about the back half of the first round and all of the second, maybe part of the third, like this seems to be a good depth draft, but it doesn't seem to be one of those drafts that there's going to be a ton of top tier talent in, which is fine. I mean, that actually works to the bears advantage. And to your point, you know, you start looking at this, this receiver class and I'm assuming, and I could be wrong. I'm assuming that the bears are going to still have a pretty big need at receiver moving into the draft because even let's just say hypothetically speaking let's say they go out and they sign a guy like let's just say let's just say uh dj shark and then they go on they sign like a lower level depth guy you know like a number four receiver let's say like uh cedric wilson from you know dallas just kind of again not really don't lock onto those names but kind of those type of tier guys right so then you have mooney you've got shark you don't really have that number one receiver but you've probably got two pretty damn good solid number twos and then you got a good number four for depth right so then you're going into the draft and you're saying okay you know we're picking in the second round we can get four years of control out of this guy you know receiver is going to be an option unless they go buck wild and free agency and maybe there's just something unforeseen that i'm not seeing and then you start looking at you know the 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 offensive line class like you said as far as tackle goes it's kind of a wishy-washy tackle class to me uh, especially after those top guys you know, maybe somebody, somebody falls um, and maybe they, you know, they get kind of lucky or whatever it may be. But I think really the interior offensive line is going to be the interesting part because especially if you get a guy, um, you know, if you, if you get a few, a few of these guys that fall out of the first round and in the second round, as we've seen with awesome offensive linemen, 
they could just kind of trickle down the board. I, and then the same thing with DB. I mean, there's just, there's so many different options that they could go. They're going to get a really good player at 39. They're going to get a really good, you know, solid player just because things are so grouped up. And I think that if they could find a way to trade back from like 39 to, you know, like mid forties, mid to late forties and pick up, you know, maybe an extra third round pick or, you know, maybe like a, you know, like a, I guess maybe like a third round pick and then maybe like a, you know, next year's fourth or something like that. I think that that's something that they got to look at because I think that the, the, the meat of the talent is going to be in the middle rounds of these drafts. You already don't have a fourth round pick, right? So you want to find a way to be able to recoup some of that, but you also don't want to lose too much value because, you know, the last thing you want to see is let's just say a guy like Chris Olave or, you know, David Bell or, um, you know, a George Pickens, you know, what if one of those guys are, you know, what if two of those guys are at 39, you know, maybe one of those guys lasts until 45, but you don't know the same thing, you know, with, with some of these tackles and, and, and guards, you know, the same thing, or even DB. So it's going to be an interesting balance because yes, I do, think that they need to recoup at least one mid-round pick, even if it's a fourth-round pick. But let's just say they move back from 39 to 42 and they pick up a fourth-round pick and maybe like a 2003, you know, 2023 fifth-round pick or something like that, great. But I do think somewhere along the lines, they need to find a way to add at least another third or a fourth-round pick and kind of double up on some of those, you know, some of those spots to where, you know, you're just throwing darts at the dartboard, man. When it comes to the draft, and especially when you get in the mid-rounds, like, Ryan Pace had a way of finding, you know, that those mid to late round talents. And that's great. And obviously we're going to have to see how Ryan Poles does, but that's where the impact is going to shine. Maybe not this year, maybe not in the 2022 season, but 2023 and beyond, that's where a lot of the value is going to come. And that's where going from that, you know, that middling team, or maybe that, you know, potential playoff contender to being a playoff contender. And that's where they're going to have to build, the value of their, their overall roster. So yeah, it's going to be interesting because I think, especially when you look at, I think receiver is the most interesting to me. Cause I think you can kind of make an argument for like six or seven guys to go in the first round, but not all six or seven of those guys are going to go into the first round. And with the bears picking with the seventh pick and, you know, uh, in the, in the second round, there's going to be some good talent fall to them. And regardless of what, the, what position that is. And really I, the way I'm looking at the, you know, way I'm looking at the roster right now and the way I'm looking at their needs, you can make a pretty good argument for multiple spots. I mean, we talked about inside linebacker inside linebacker is another one where you could very easily see them trading back and, and end up picking, you know, a linebacker there, or, you know, again, a DB, a, D, a defensive lineman, maybe Perry on Winfrey, you know, is there in the, in the mid second round, if you trade back, like there's going to be a lot of good options, but I think the big thing is, is they need day one contributors from their second and third round picks. And if they can find a way to pick up another, you know, third, fourth round pick in the, in the process of that and have another swing, then that's even better. Yeah. And, and we'll just have to wait and see, but um, Aaron, I think that's going to wrap things up um, for us here on this podcast episode. Again, next week we'll have, Special episode for you. We're going to have a very special guest on, a former Bears legend. That's at least the plan for right now. And then we'll also talk um, about free agency and kind of give our thoughts on the free agency preview that will be happening the next week. Um, and things really start to pick up from there as pro days and things will be going on. But Aaron, where can everyone follow you on Twitter at? Yep, you can find me at Aaron Lemming NFL, and you can read my work on thebearreport.com. 
And you can follow the Bear Report on Twitter at Just Bear Report. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Zach, Z-A-C-K underscore Pearson. As always, please rate, review, subscribe on all major podcasting platforms. Really helps us, helps the Picks for Polls podcast as well. Um, and until next time, everyone, please stay safe. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style. All for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.